Are you ready to become the go-to in your industry without having to fake it till you make it? I'm Caroline Vanatta, and I teach creatives like you the key that unlocks radical confidence so you can be proudly known as a creative expert. We're going to have meaningful conversations here to highlight the mindset shifts it takes to become your industry's go-to and stop trading dollars for hours. When I saw that Abby from Wayfarer Designs was implementing Creative Days, meaning she takes one day off a week to focus on passion projects or just take care of her creative energy, I knew she had to come on the podcast. You guys are going to love learning about how she is running her business and how she deals with imposter syndrome being a little bit younger than a lot of her peers, yet still owning her value, and also how she's living internationally and making this work with her business. So let's dive right in. So Abby, tell us a little bit about your story and how you got here. Yeah, so I guess it wasn't very traditional. (laughs) I started my business straight out of college and that's not at all what I had planned on doing. I That was actually the opposite of what I wanted to do. But right before I was about to graduate, I got married and my husband had gotten a job that was going to take him overseas. And so I decided to go with him and we moved to Australia the day after my college graduation. Wow. And so... I was so excited, obviously, but that kind of ruined any career plans that I had. (laughs) And I just didn't really know what to do. So I spent the first couple of weeks in Australia applying for jobs because I was just, I knew deep down that I was going to have to freelance or start my own business, that there was just no other way that I was going to make it work because my husband's job requires us to move a lot. But I was just so terrified of it. And <laughs> I I was just trying to put it off. So I applied for job after job. But once people saw I was on a tourist visa, they just stopped responding to me and nobody would hire me. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I was really forced to start my business at a young age. I didn't have any real work experience. I'd had an internship. That was it. And so it was really scary <laughs> having to like dive in. I mean, I you know, have followed so many other business owners who, you know, work at an agency for a few years and then slowly transition into entrepreneurship. And that's always what I thought you needed to do because otherwise it just seems like a bad idea to jump straight into it without knowing what you're doing. So I was pretty convinced that I was going to fall flat on my face and, (laughs) and have to find something else to do. But at the time I just didn't really have a choice. So looking back, it was kind of a blessing that I was forced into it. Otherwise, I would have been too scared to ever try it. But it was definitely stressful. (laughs) Yeah. So what did those first few months look like? Were you just like diving in because you made the decision you wanted to start? Or was it a slow start for you? A little bit of both, I guess. I dove right in as far as like... Right away, I applied for my business license and everything. And, you know, I was pretty quick just to get some of those legal things 
done. I've talked to lots of other entrepreneurs who kind of (laughs) slowly get that taken care of, maybe start freelancing before they're officially registered or something like that. So I did dive into that quickly because I was like, I might as well be official, I guess. But of course, getting clients and like actually becoming a sustainable business, that was very, very slow. I started in like June and I didn't really have any work to do the whole summer. (laughs) I was really just trying to build up my portfolio Mm -hmm. and, you know, start putting my name out there, try to make connections. (laughs) And yeah, and just like reading all the business blogs that I could find to just figure out how I was even supposed to attract clients in the first place. So it was a lot of learning during those first few months, not so much working (laughs) for, for real clients. How did you find your first few clients or how did they find you? Mostly through Instagram, which was surprising. And still, I would say that that's where most of my clients come from now. I do get a lot more referrals like through other designers, but I would say that those designers found me on Instagram to begin with. So really everything still comes back to Instagram. So that's basically how I found people. And it was surprising to me at the time. And it's still kind of surprising that Instagram can work that well. But, um, you know, just sharing my work and trying to be very specific about the type of work that I share. That was really important for me just trying to get my work out in front of anyone (laughs) since I was starting so small. What are some beliefs along the way you had to change to really grow your business, to put yourself out there and get those clients? I definitely struggled a lot with having the mindset that because I started so young that I automatically had to charge less than everyone else, that I couldn't book certain types of clients. Yet I felt like, I don't know, not that I hadn't like earned like a certain level of success. I mean, I hadn't because I hadn't been working for very long, but I would just undervalue my work a lot only because of my age. I wouldn't, you know, I was talented and like in school, I knew that I was talented, but I just kind of, I don't know, started underselling myself a little bit, especially with pricing. I would look at other designers' prices who maybe talent-wise or skill-wise, I was about at the same level because maybe they were self-taught or something. So like my education did give me a level up compared to other freelancers who are out there. But because they've been freelancing for maybe a year already, I would think, okay, well, I definitely can't charge as much as them. I don't know. I just... I focused so much on my age Mm. and I didn't give myself enough credit for other things that are just as valuable, you know, being able to learn things really quickly, having natural talent. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. I just had a really hard time figuring out how to overcome that. And I I was limiting myself and that lasted for (laughs) at least two years, I would say. Just me feeling like I was behind everyone else and purposefully keeping myself behind everyone Mm. else. Yeah. So do you have any advice you'd give to someone else that's struggling with the belief that they're not young enough to be charging what other people are charging with the same skills? What helped me the most, at least, was just like talking with other designers and specifically with pricing. I felt the more that I talked with other people and 
learned that their experience is a bit different than mine, or I guess I realized that my age, again, like age and experience is great to have. Having years of experience is great to have, but there are so many other things that contribute to you doing really great work. So that's not all that you can focus on and you have to remind yourself about that. And that's something, like I said, talking with other people, it's helped me realize that because I'll talk with someone who technically has a lot more years of experience than I do, but they might ask my advice for something. Mm -hmm. So obviously the years of experience is not the gauge that you need to rate yourself on. For example, people who are coming from the agency world, going into freelancing, I assumed like, oh, they have it, they have it all. That's when you're supposed to go into freelancing. But those are totally different worlds. And those people may not know something about working with freelance clients that now I know with just one year, <laughs> you know, of, of freelancing or something. It's just years of experience isn't everything. <laughs> and you have to remember that. I guess that's my advice. But also talk with people. Talk with talk with people who are at different levels. And that'll just really open your eyes to how everyone is figuring out the same stuff, regardless of how long they've been doing something. I know. I think that's such good advice because so often we feel, we believe that we're alone in our feelings. And like, you might be worrying about being too young where someone else is like, well, my aesthetic isn't as cool as Abby's. You know, she has such a cool vibe. Like there's so many things that can be going on. And it really is about you just delivering that transformation, that value to your clients. It's like, they don't really care how long. Yeah. That's, that was another big thing is I was so worried that clients who reached out to me would realize how old I was and instantly be like, Oh, never mind. I don't want to work with her. Obviously she doesn't know what she's doing, but nobody asked me my age. It's whenever you're running your own business, you're in a great position where you're not like filling out a typical job application where maybe people see your age. People have no idea how old you are. So they're really just seeing your work. And that's probably the best part is that then your work really gets to speak for itself. Yeah. I'm curious, what kind of advice would you give to somebody who is looking to work with a brand designer or brand strategist, what to look for and how to choose who would be best for them in their business? Well, of course, I feel like people always pick designers based on their style, which of course is very important. You know, you want someone who you're going to be able to trust who creates stuff that's similar to what you're wanting. But a big thing that I think is really important is to look for designers who share a lot about their process. Because I think some mistakes that people make or mistakes that designers make really whenever they're working with clients is giving them you know, a logo and a color palette and it looks really nice, but then not not having any depth behind it, like maybe it's just something that looks pretty or, you know, not creating something that's flexible enough that can be used in multiple different ways and giving the client something that can grow with their business. Mm -hmm. You know, branding is more than just getting a logo and a color palette. You need 
lots of different moving pieces that can be mixed and matched together so that as your business grows, you can continue to use all the same things, but use them in a fresh way. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So I think that designers who share a lot about their process, that's how you're going to tell like how much value they're really giving you. Mm-hmm. Are they in a position to educate you on how to use all of the things that you're going to be getting from them? And maybe that's just a question that you ask whenever you talk with them. If you like talk with them before hiring them, ask them like, how are you going to explain to me how to use my brand, not just hand over the brand files and <laughs> let me run with it because clients really do want guidance. You know, they don't want to have to come crawling back to a designer every time they need to do something new <laughs> that involves design. They want to have the knowledge and the power to create stuff on their own in the future. And if a designer you're looking at is prepared to to do all that stuff for you, then it's going to be much more worth the investment. That's so good. And I feel like that's also even good advice if you are a brand designer or just any service-based business is just showing your process so that you can give clients that insight and that trust to you that you're really doing the work. You're not just Mm -hmm. delivering this like cookie cutter template, this cookie cutter brand, this cookie cutter copywriting service, and that you're really like going deep with your clients and doing the work with them. And that's why you're so valuable and why your process is so valuable. I think that's really great advice and insight. I want to read your quote that you posted recently on your Instagram. Feeding your creativity should be viewed as a work activity. Can you tell us a little bit about your philosophy around that and how you feed your creativity? Yeah. So I'm sure that many business owners can relate. (laughs) There have been plenty of times while running my business that I've just been so burnt out and like struggling to, I don't know, just feel like I have time to do stuff within my business. And yeah, just feeling really burnt out, especially with like working with clients. If you work with clients all the time, if that's the sole way that you bring in money, that can be really exhausting. And if you're a creative can be exhausting to be creative all the time (laughs) for clients. So within my business, it was specifically last summer that I just felt like there were things that I really wanted to do within my business, you know, personal projects, stuff that was going to grow my business. But I realized that with my client work, I just didn't have any time in the week to do it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I realized how messed up that was that like, client work was so, so much of a priority that I wasn't making any time for myself to actually work on my own business or be creative. And so that's where I kind of came up with that quote that like, I don't consider doing personal projects at this point. I was like, I don't consider doing personal projects to be a work task. (laughs) It's like an extra thing that I do in my personal time at night or on the weekends. And that should not be the case. If I want my business to run well and not feel burnt out all the time, it needs to be like a work task that I do during the work day um, that I actually make time for. So that's where that came from. (laughs) Yeah. What are some specific things you like to do to feed your creativity or what works really well for you? 
So I decided sort of after (laughs) that whole point where I was just like tired and burnt out, I decided that I was going to reserve Wednesdays every week to be my creative health day. That's what I (laughs) decided to call it because I just knew that like, if I did not make time for myself to be creative and work on my own business during the week, I was never going to get it done. And I was like, I'm just going to block off a whole day. (laughs) That's going to totally change how many clients I can take on at a time. And like how I structure my projects, I'm going to have to shift all of that stuff around, but it's important and I have to do it. And I'm just going to block off that entire day. So that's what I've been doing since then. (laughs) And it's been amazing, honestly. I, I love it because it's kind of flexible the way that I, I do it each Wednesday. I know I'm not going to work on client work. I'll respond to emails and like if there's something urgent, then of, of course I'll take care of it. But otherwise, the entire day is meant for me to work on personal projects mm-hmm. if I want, work on my own business if I want, or if I just need to like rest or like get out of the apartment and like go see something, go like sightseeing in our city or whatever, whatever I need to just kind of fill myself back up creatively. Cause by Tuesday evening, I'm already drained mm-hmm. <laughs> usually, but yeah, whatever I need Wednesdays are my day to give myself that. And then Thursday, I jump back into client work and feel a hundred percent. Yeah. That's so amazing. I was going to ask, have you seen like anything different? Maybe the way you react to stress or your client projects just coming out better. What have you noticed? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Overall, I've definitely felt better. And I mean, by setting aside that day, I've been able to work on stuff for my own business that I never would have had time for before. I launched a course, I launched a shop, (laughs) I redid my website, like the stuff that as a business owner, you're just constantly putting off or like you wish that you could open up a new revenue stream, but it takes so much time to do it. Like that was a big deal for me to add that to my business. So that was a big plus also, (laughs) I would say. And I just, it always like, it's like it always comes at the perfect time because as a business owner, there are always like many things that pop up, you know, fires that you have to put out and everything. Like you just never know when that's going to happen. So it'll happen on like a Monday. And then it's like, Oh, thank God I have Wednesday that I can just like relax. It's just such, it's like a safety net almost every single week where it's like, I'm so grateful that I have it and I know it's coming. And it that also helps me get through the tougher parts of the week because I know I have that day coming up where I'm going to be able to relax. That's awesome. I love that so much. Can you tell us about your course? I wanted to ask about that. Yeah, it's for designers specifically, but it just kind of goes through all of my client process. I, it's not to teach how to design or anything like that. But it's more for designers to create better systems and specifically communicate with their clients better. Because that was something that I realized I hadn't really learned in design school. You learn all the basics of how to create a good logo and all the you know design theory that 
obviously is important, but they don't teach you how to work with clients. That's something that people who start freelancing straight out of college struggle with and also people who come from an agency into freelancing. If you work at an agency, you have communications managers and project managers who deal with all the client communication. So a lot of times you aren't really presenting stuff <laughs> to the client the way you do as a freelancer. So that's kind of what the course is about to show how I've streamlined stuff to communicate my work well mm -hmm. <laughs> and clearly with the client and just kind of guide them through the process so that they understand the meaning behind everything, how to give me constructive feedback, and overall just make the whole process of working with clients easier mm -hmm. and go smoothly. So it's mostly about the processes and communication. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of... I show like exactly how I present my work at every stage of the branding process and for web design projects so that you can see exactly how I say things, what, what language I use to explain stuff. Yeah, there's a lot. It goes <laughs> kind of into every step of the process. But yeah, focused on making sure the client understands the work and appreciates the work, making sure that they understand that you're the expert and can like easily see that you know what you're talking about and that <laughs> and then they'll just trust you. So yeah. Yeah. Who's going to teach you how to run a business, especially like a specific business like that with such an in-depth client process. It's like you can have all the talent in the world, but you'll be spinning your wheels all day, figuring out, <laughs> stressing out about emails, <laughs> communicating. Yeah. It's all the stuff that typically you just learn by trial and error. <laughs> and it was the thing that I found changed the most about my process from the time that I started. Like my presentations in those first few months had like nothing to them. Essentially, it was just like, yeah. here's the logo. Do you like it? Do you not? And now my presentations, my brand style guide that I send at the end, it's about 30 pages long, depending wow. on how much stuff the client's getting. But it's just like with each project, I realized, oh, I should have explained that better. I should have presented this mm -hmm. in a different way because there were so many mistakes <laughs> that I made and you know, frustrating experiences that I had with clients and miscommunication. So the course is really like three years of me making mistakes and fixing stuff bundled up into the course for, for people to like skim through it and jump ahead. Yeah. <laughs> to go through. That's amazing. Amazing. What is something you're curious about right now? I mean, personally, <laughs> in, in our own life, I'm very, I've been thinking a lot about houses and, <laughs> and how we're going to settle down. Uh, one day and and I guess like what I'll do with my business once we do settle down yeah. but like you know we've been traveling for almost four years now like we'll go home for a couple weeks or a couple months depending on how big of a break my husband has but we've been kind of nomadic mm -hmm. <laughs> for a while and I don't know how long we'll keep traveling but at some point we'll have to settle Mm -hmm. down somewhere and that'll be a big adjustment. Yeah. Like <laughs> for us personally and for me as a business also. 
like something you're kind of excited about or you're a little nervous about, but you're anticipating? I'm excited about it. I'm excited to have a place to live that's actually ours and to actually be able to like decorate and get a desktop computer and not just work from my laptop all the time, but also nervous because, you know, we haven't had to pay for a car and stuff like that. A lot of my husband's job, they always provide us with a place to live and usually a car to drive and stuff. So there'll be a lot of expenses that we'll have to pay, (laughs) but I'm mainly just excited to have an office, an actual office. Like I said, I'm recording this from our bathroom right now. (laughs) So it would be lovely to have a real office with a door that I can close. Yes. What are some of your favorite things about being able to travel around for the past four years? Definitely just having the experience of living in different countries and not just visiting them for vacation, but actually living there for like at least half a year in each place. That's been very eye-opening for us just to be kind of uncomfortable and like have to live in a place that's so different from where we're from. We're from West Virginia, very small towns, very rural country. And so the fact that we've lived in Australia and then Denmark and France, and now we're in Portugal and in France and here in Portugal, we don't know the language very well. So like, that's been a really challenging thing, but I'm really grateful for it to, to have to experience that. It's been humbling, I guess, (laughs) to like have to go through that. But yeah, just being able to see the world has been amazing because being from small towns, we just never thought that we would go so many places. And yeah, yeah, we're very, very lucky to get to do that. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, thanks so much for coming on, Abby, and sharing about your story. And thanks for sharing about all your tips on how to fuel your creativity, take that time to rest, and really prioritize that. Super helpful and super amazing. And it was so great to get to know you better. No, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being a part of the creative expert movement. Share this episode with a friend or on social media so together we can empower creatives to charge more, work less, and fall back in love with their businesses. If you're ready to jump in and become a creative expert, I have a free training where you'll find out yes or no if you're ready to launch an expert product like a course, coaching, or in-person event. Go to becomeacreativeexpert.com and DM me on Instagram. Instagram while you're watching so that together we can make a custom plan for you to become your industry's go-to leader. Thanks so much for listening to the Creative Expert Podcast. I'll see you next week.